Hey folks and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This is a show all about podcasting, from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. As always, I'm Colin Gray and this time around I'm joined by a wonderful guest uh, in the form of Tim Cameron Kitchen from Exposure Ninja. How are you doing, Tim? I'm very well, thank you, Colin. Good, very excited good. to be here. Great stuff. So Tim runs uh, an SEO agency and a digital marketing company as well, isn't it? Um, down in, where are you again? Is it Nottingham? We are Nottingham, yes, yes. But every single one of our 60 ninjas lives uh, and works remotely. So. Ah, perfect. So it's just yourself that's in Nottingham, is that right? Just me. <laughs> perfect. But yeah, that's a big team there. So uh, pretty experienced in this area. Your speciality is SEO, isn't it? And things related to that, like uh, link building, conversion rate, um, general digital marketing as well. So it's something that I think podcasters often fall down on. You know, we love creating content. We love putting out great stuff into the world, but... It's all very well and good, creating great stuff, but if you can't help people to find it, then no one's actually going to uh, be affected by it. You know, nobody's going to actually consume your content. So really, that's what I was to chat to you about, about your recommendations around how we can get our excellent audio content out to more people. Uh, so we've got three areas I want to delve into. Uh, first of which is your kind of, I suppose this is your speciality, isn't it? It's the SEO side of things. Um, so Tim, you know, I mean, you know as well as I, every time somebody publishes a podcast episode, really it's just a, it's a blog post with audio attached, isn't it? And a lot of people, I mean, a big advantage in podcasting is that you do start appearing in new directories. So you can be found through iTunes, you can be found through Stitcher, that kind of thing. But still the biggest search is text. It's still Google, isn't it? So mm-hmm. a great way for people to find our podcast for us to grow our audience is to be found through the blog through the text through all that kind of stuff so i wanted to delve into what you recommend in terms of podcast show notes what's working these days in seo just to make sure our show notes can be found when somebody asks a question so i mean what's your what do you do when you go along to you know a a blog post a blog page what do you check first to make sure that you know say a person's show notes are working well or working the best they possibly can to be found Good question. The great thing about podcasts is, like you said, we're all really focused on creating content. And with SEO, content is the hard bit. Then it's just about shaping that and and making it rank. So um, for podcast show notes, just like with any blog post, one of the first things we're looking at is, is the title or the topic of this show or this post actually something that someone would be searching for? So a great strategy that you can use with your blog is to go to a website like answerthepublic.com. You can then see what sort of questions people are asking about your particular topic. And if you're creating blog posts or podcasts about that topic and you're matching the title or some of the headlines on that page to that topic, actually can be quite easy to get them to rank so if somebody's asking a particular question about, well, for our podcast, for example, we run a digital marketing podcast. If someone's asking for how do I reduce my bounce rate? Well, we've got a blog post, which is all about that. And there's a podcast episode that goes with it. So in that, you know, in that way, that person who's asking it is a great potential listener to the show. They find that page. Oh, there's a blog post and a podcast episode. Great. And then they're in the podcast. So that sort of approach can work really well. Excellent. So really, yeah, it's making sure you're actually in the first place creating content that people want, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And, and 
um, phrasing it in the way that they're searching for it as well. I mean, obviously, this is just best practice. If I'm in iTunes or I'm in the podcast app or Stitch or whatever, and I see a post which is using the the keywords that I have in my head to describe whatever problem I'm going through, yeah. I'm going to be more likely to click on it anyway. But yeah, from an SEO perspective, matching that that query to uh, the, the language in that query to the post is, yeah. is a no-brainer. Perfect. So how do you go about, uh, say you've found a bunch of stuff in there, how do you go about prioritizing them? Is there a way to find out which ones are most popular or might get you the most traffic? Yeah, good question. I would, um, first thing I'd say is is never sacrifice uh, relevance for, for volume. Um, a lot of the tools out there that give you search volume for different phrases are um, estimates at best. Uh, Google doesn't report exact numbers on any keywords. It's all kind of indication stuff. And a lot of these tools are extrapolations of extrapolations. So really, a lot of the time, get nowhere near exact volumes. Um, probably the most useful and reliable tool that we found is SEMrush, uh, which is semrush.com. And um, it's, it's a paid tool, unfortunately, but there is a you can get a free trial at thankyouninjas.com. Um, but that's a, that's a good tool because that'll also show you related keywords as well, and it'll give you an indication of volumes. Perfect. Is the Google Keyword Tool these days is that is that the most reliable in terms of volume? Um, it can be. The trouble with Google Keyword Tool is it's not available to everyone anymore. Oh, uh, you okay. have to have an AdWords account. You have to meet certain criteria. Um, uh, so it is a tool, but uh, usually we we actually default to SEMrush. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, assuming you've you've looked up questions, you've uh, used SEMrush to uh, to prioritize. You found the ones that are searched most often, or you think they are, based on that. Um, what do you do with those keywords then? How do you start putting them into your page? So, I would certainly look at things like your page title. Um, so, in WordPress, you know, this is that big block at the top. Or if you use uh, all-in-one SEO pack plugin or Yoast, then you can set a page title. I'd also include them as like subheadlines um, down the page as well. So when you're when you've recorded an episode, good idea to get it transcribed and edited so that it actually makes sense and and reads as a as a useful post. The problem with just purely transcribing what you say is there's going to be ums and ers and spaces and things aren't going to make sense. There's going to be half sentences, particularly like when I'm when we're getting one of our episodes transcribed, it's all over the place. So we have to have someone edit it so it actually makes readable sense um, because Google's looking at readability of text as a ranking factor. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can have, you know, different headlines which knock out some of these related questions and stuff down the page and you could expand on those a bit more in the text on the page as well. Um, And then if Google wants to rank that post for one of those questions, then it has justification for doing so because there is a headline on that page that, that targets that. Yeah, perfect. I mean, we yeah, we we always get that question actually between transcripts versus writing something out new. And I always mm. find I have much more found. I mean, we've done hundreds and hundreds of these over the years, and I've always found that writing an original blog post based on the transcript. Uh, or based on the conversation works much better it's just more organized it's more readable it's better for the reader never mind um and it seems to rank better in google as well for us yeah yeah for sure i mean there's certainly benefits of having an organic conversation i think it's a lot easier to listen to um but uh yeah i mean just the structure of that last sentence if you were to write that down in a blog post it just wouldn't it wouldn't work yeah i don't speak good english (laughs) (laughs) no exactly (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so and, and I always found as well, people sometimes say, well, it takes us ages to write something like that afterwards. But I find that after you have a conversation, after you talk something through, like after this chat, I would be able to write a blog post based around this much more quickly, much more effectively, a much better blog post based on it because you've already kind of formulated it in your head. So I think people underestimate how actually not time consuming or how easy it is to put together a decent blog post if you're doing it all in one batch, you know, you're doing it all together. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it might take a few hours, but for a site like ours, for example, we've got best-selling books, we've got podcasts, we've got webinars, we've got seminars, all of this stuff that we do. More than 70% of our traffic comes to our blog and it's usually five or so articles that are bringing all of that in. So if you finish this and write up a a really good blog post about SEO for podcasts, you probably get it ranked for those sorts of phrases fairly quickly and it could be a huge driver of traffic. So it's certainly worth the time. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so we're keeping, we're getting our keywords, our key phrase, we're putting that into the title, uh, we're putting it into headers within the page as well, maybe the related questions in those headers as well so that Google's getting a good idea of the general concept of the post, not just those keywords. Um, There's a few other things we always used to do in the olden days, like uh, put it in images. Is that still relevant? Like having it in the image name and the alt text we call that the frosting on top of the cake Ah, so it's one of those things every little is going to help um but uh yeah if if you've got the time do it but if you don't have the time that's fine not that big a deal yeah they've got smart enough that they can figure it out from beyond that anyway haven't they so yes (laughs) what's the yeah i mean what's the biggest mistake you see people do uh making on the average blog post Oh, uh, it's it's really basic, but just writing about stuff that no one gives a, <laughs> no one cares about. Yeah. Um, using the blog post as a soapbox to share your opinions on stuff is just, yeah. I was I was looking at a site yesterday, and, and they were saying, I was saying, you need you need to be blogging. And they said, well, we we tried it, and and it just didn't work. No one read our post. Their posts are things like, we've got this new product launched, and we've got a new office, and check out our new website. You know, standard stuff. No one cares about that. Yeah, people are so busy. They just want answers to their questions. What's in it for me? I don't care about your new premises or any of that stuff so yeah it's just focusing on the blog post as something as a broadcast rather than a a question and answer thing for sure yeah okay cool Uh, is there anything just last thing on seo then is there anything that um you think people should be doing beyond that first creation phase like do you recommend any kind of weekly maintenance weekly reviews monthly jobs that you do around seo yeah one of the things that we'll do is we'll look for blog posts in particular that have increased in ranking um particularly if we've written like a series of shorter posts and we've seen actually this one has has really improved in ranking or we're getting a lot of traffic so if you can't check ranking then you can check your traffic through google analytics if you go to um uh, behavior and then landing pages and then create a segment for organic traffic and what that can do is if you notice that one post is seeing some nice improvement, if you go back to that post and really flesh it out, make it really in-depth, you might write a 2,000-word monster, then you can often get you know, position zero featured snippet for that post or you know, some really, really good visibility. So you can kind of write a lot of different posts and then see what starts to win and then go, go in and back that winner. Right, okay. Um, so it's almost like those first, your first draft or your first publish is kind of like a, it's a tester. You're doing a minimum viable blog post to <laughs> see, <Yeah>. what kind <laughs> of, see what kind of starts to kick out and then uh, doubling down on those ones that actually do reasonably well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. And I suppose if you do that every couple of weeks, you're looking at your stats, you'll see those kind of breakouts quite easily and can build that into your schedule. 
for sure yeah for sure right. okay right let's go on to so i mentioned at the start of this show as well about um link building so this is something you know it was uh, it was huge back sort of five ten years ago i have to admit i'd kind of thought that link building these days was just about creating good content but i'd love to see hear what you think about it like what what's still working in link link building and 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 particularly if you think there's anything relevant to podcasters in particular yeah the um link building is is bigger i was going to say bigger than ever i think it's more important than ever a lot of the the super easy you know go to fiverr and get blog comments or article marketing in inverted commas that stuff is 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 dead so the barrier has really raised and it's a lot more work to get each link which, which i think puts a lot of people off but actually i'd look at it the other way around like a lot of your competitors they're not going to be bothered to do this stuff um so a couple of, of really quick things that people can do if you go on Twitter, there's a couple of hashtags, hashtag PR request and hashtag journal request. These are used by busy journalists for some of the world's largest publications. So people like uh, Alison Coleman from Forbes, right? If you want to get in Forbes, go and follow her. When she posts, I need a small business to talk about um, sleeping patterns and how that can affect productivity, right? Everyone can have an opinion on that. So if you want to get some visibility for your podcast, then you can reach out to her and say, Hey, Alison, I'm a podcast host and owner of whatever business. Um, my tip is blah, 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 blah. And here's my email. If you want to talk more Then when she's putting that article, article together in Forbes or whatever, Guardian, Telegraph, Times, all of these, these journalists using it, you've got a really good shot of, of being featured there. So that's a super quick one. And that can get you some really good quality links. Um, another thing that we do a lot of at Exposure Ninja is, is kind of outbound content marketing. So looking at the sort of publications that your target audience is reading, what are the industry magazines, what are the most popular blogs, looking at the sort of content that they're posting and then pitching them on related ideas. One of the things that we found works really well here is actually running a small survey or study. So you get some original data. So using something like Google surveys, you can pick up a thousand responses to a, a quick question survey, which can get you some data, which is actually going to be useful and interesting to the press. We did this for uh, one business recently where they, uh, they sell PPI claims, right? So, you know, super difficult to get any interesting content published around that because it's been beaten to death. And um, the FCA came out with this ridiculous advertising campaign with Arnold Schwarzenegger's head as a tank and all this. And we just saw that we saw this and thought, this is absolute rubbish. So we ran a study to find out how effective that advertising campaign had been at raising awareness of the PPI deadline. And we found that I think it was 16% of people actually knew about the deadline after this. Everyone else guessed the wrong date or people didn't know. So we then compiled that data into a, uh, into a study and then published that. And then we reached out to some publications and it got picked up in places like The Mirror and on Yahoo Finance. So some real big publications. And obviously, if you're a if you're running a podcast, that can be a fantastic way of getting some real mainstream visibility for your show. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, the survey stats approach worked really well for us recently, actually. We put together a survey on uh, podcast gear, basically. So what mm. microphone, mixers, recorders, software do you use? Um, and podcasters are notoriously a pretty geeky bunch. Or there's certainly a, <laughs> a subset of podcasters are right into their gear, of which I'm one. So I'm not talking these people down. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, That's why so, we get into it. <laughs> yeah, totally. You want the shiny stuff. Um, and uh, we got a really good response from that. About 200 people filled in the, the stats 
stats, um, sorry, the survey. So we got some great stats out of it. And that has gone out and been picked up a lot, actually. A lot of shares, a lot of likes, all that kind of stuff. It's um, it's really got around. So yeah, that's done really well for us. Just to give people a, an example of how it could be done. Um, yeah, do you have, that's awesome. Yeah, do you have any ideas around, you know, for podcasters in particular, you're working in audio, a lot of interviews, a lot of kind of networking and that style. Is there anything that sticks out at you as a good link building technique, um, you know, for our our area, our industry in particular? Yeah, I mean, one thing that you could do is is look at, um, I don't know, imagine there's a podcast about, just looking around my house trying to get some, say gardening. So there's a gardening podcast and we want to get some links for gardening. So one thing that you could do is if you're putting together like a best of article, so uh, 10 expert gardeners give their best tips on how to prune for spring. I know nothing about gardening, but you get the gist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then that could be a really interesting piece, which you could then go out to gardening publications with and say, hey, we've put together this article based on top tips from our podcast. Is this the sort of thing that your audience would be interested in? Now, if they're you know, people who have expertise in gardening, then of course, that's exactly the sort of stuff that these websites might be interested in publishing. So when they publish it, they'll include a, a link in the byline to your podcast. And, you know, these tips were from the gardening podcast or whatever. So great way of picking up some links, but also good way of getting in front of your perfect target customer. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd take some of the content from that and maybe repackage it in slightly different ways and give it to publications to publish. And of course, your guests are going to be happy with that as well because you're getting them some visibility. Yeah, that's brilliant. I like that because a lot of people, I think, we talked about transcripts earlier, but a lot of people don't use them. So actually a lot of the real sort of quotable bits, the quotes, the the great phrases in podcasts are not actually reused much early. So if you spend maybe a few hours going through some of your shows and picking out some really great highlights, I bet you it could work really well to be repurposed into a wee article based around the, the outcomes of that. So that's really cool. Yeah, everyone wants those those quick tidbits, don't yes, they? Um, and yeah. as a podcast host, you have access to a lot of people's best advice. Oh yeah. So really you have like a best of of each of your guests. So it's yeah. a fantastic source of info. Yeah, yeah, totally. Create a compilation of that and it could go down really well. Okay. Yeah. All right. So last thing then is uh, something else you guys are great at, which is conversion rate optimization. Um, and we, we all know that podcasting is, you know, it's great at a lot of stuff. Conversions, probably not the best of them because, <laughs> um, you know, people are in the gym, they're driving a car, they're running or something like that. They're, they're doing stuff when they're listening. So getting them off the show and to do something that can be quite a struggle sometimes. Do you have, you guys run a show as well, obviously, but you've probably worked Mm. with many as well. Do you have any advice or any tips on how to get people to convert from audio? Yeah, it's notoriously difficult. So, I mean, the first thing is whatever you're offering them has to be so compelling and so attractive that they're they're willing to put in the effort so we do a thing with their agency where we're we do a free website marketing review for people where we spend 20 minutes making them a video on how to improve their website and their ranking it's a huge amount of effort for us to to put in but in order to get someone off a show and onto our website we know that we really have to give them something that's super awesome Um, so that's the first thing like if you're just driving someone to the website to get updates or something like that it's not going to be anywhere near compelling enough Um, the second thing obviously we need to make sure that whatever we're sending people through to that url is not just mobile optimized it's mobile first because nine times out of ten they're going to well probably more they're going to be on their phone so they don't even care what it looks like on desktop 
there are some things that you can do which are kind of um, uh, like halfway between getting them actually onto a computer. So for example, if you have a mastermind group or something on Facebook, which you can get them to join, often that'll be easier than getting them onto a website because they can open the Facebook app really quickly on their phone and just find it. Or you could, one of the things that we do is we have a text number that people can text to request the review as well. And we just link that up with Infusionsoft. So when they text it, it has a bit of a conversation with them. Thanks for requesting your thing. What's your name? And then they tell you. So basically they're filling in the review form, but they're doing it via text. Um, so yeah, just, just trying to make it as easy as possible for them really and making sure that the bait is strong enough. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, mobile centric, basically, isn't it? It's like thinking about, um, I don't even mean that mobile first website. I mean, just anything that is super easily accessible at apps, like you yeah. said about Facebook there, making it really simple for them that way. And we've we've toyed with the idea of looking at into the SMS type approaches. Do you find that works quite well? Does that convert well enough to make it worth it? Because I found it's always quite a baller to set up or it's a bit expensive through through the services. So have you found it worth it? Yeah, it's an absolute ball ache to set up, definitely. <laughs> um, we do it, we use, a, I can't remember what it's called, Fix Your Funnel, I think, with Infusionsoft. Okay. So it's actually, the, the cost is is very minimal. Um, mm-hmm. It's okay as a conversion thing. I certainly wouldn't rely on it. Mm-hmm. We probably get 20% by text and the rest are, are through the website. Um, it's, it's one of those things. We'd yeah. always have it as an added thing. But if you're just starting up, then it's probably, I'd, I'd maybe just focus on, driving people to a website or onto a Facebook mastermind group or something like that. Basically, you you just want a way of capturing them any way that you can, even if it's just liking your page on Facebook. So you can then follow up with Messenger. Just we just gotta get people engaging with your brand. Yeah, okay, cool. And and what about the conversion into subscriber? Like once you've got them onto your website or or elsewhere, like are there any kind of tips on encouraging them to make that commitment and subscribe? subscribe to the show or subscribe to an email list to this to the show sorry yeah i'm thinking podcasters in particular so they're on the website yeah. there a lot of people just put a, a little button basically below their player or something like that like wh- what do you recommend as a, a great way to get yeah them in front th- that's certainly the first thing to do then you're going to pick up the people that are really hot um that are you know the, the head at the top of the beer the cream of the crop you're going to get those guys um for everyone else we're going to have to take a bit of a longer term relationship thing so what we do is we have um, our best marketing tips. We, we invite people to sign up for behind the scenes access to various webinars and stuff. When they do that, they get an email follow-up. And what we'll do in an email follow-up is we'll have a link to the podcast at the bottom of every um, email, but we'll also pick out particular episodes and we'll send people an email saying, if you want to improve your website conversion rate, then you really need to check out this particular episode. Then we'll link through um, to them. So we're not just relying on them being a, a, a person who lands on the page and says, Oh, I'm a podcast person and I'm going to subscribe. We're actually just treating them as, Oh, you're, you're interested in improving your ranking. Well, then you definitely need to check out this podcast episode. So even if they didn't think of themselves as a podcast person, they're not the sort of person that clicks subscribe. We've still got another shot at them and then we'll only have that content in the podcast. So they basically have to go through that process. Yes. So we use podcast episodes almost like any other content on our website, whether it's a webinar or a blog or any, anything like that. And actually find it as a, a really, really useful relationship building tool. It's very rare that we sign up a client that hasn't listened to at least a couple of episodes. Um, so it's a yeah fantastic marketing tool one so, of the best things that we've ever done yeah. we've done a lot so the point yeah i'm sure so the podcast itself is a good conversion rate optimization tool for yourself 
<laughs> Definitely. I mean, very rare that you can get someone to absorb this amount of content on a weekly basis yes. from a brand. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's what I always talk about, actually. It's the attention, isn't it? I mean, there's other yeah. places you can get the same personality, transparency, although podcasting's great for that stuff too, but it's the attention, isn't it? It's like half an hour, an hour long. It's, yeah, it's crazy that people listen. But it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's great, Tim. Thank you very much. Um, that was really useful. I think there's tons of stuff in there that people can go away, take away and start working on on their site, on their general marketing to start growing their audience much more effectively. Uh, so if you're out there listening and you want some help with your SEO, your digital marketing, and you want to get somebody in to help, then Tim obviously is well-placed to do that. You can find him over at ExposureNinja.com. And you can find him on Twitter as well at ExposureNinja. Go and say hi. Uh, link us both in and uh, we'll see that even or find out if you've enjoyed the show. Um, Tim, is there anything finally you want to mention? Just uh, anything you're working on just now that people are worth checking out? Anything like that? Hmm. we've just updated our book how to get to the top of google um and it's freaking awesome if i do say so myself best-selling seo book in europe uh, so go and check out how to get to the top of google it's available on audio as well i know we've got a lot of audio people excellent and i recorded that myself that was quite an experience i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've toyed with that a few times i've recorded much not book length things but uh yeah like five thousand words and even that's bad enough so yeah. How, how many retakes <laughs> did you the, do at all? The cough syrup on hand. <laughs> yes. Cool. Okay. Thanks very much, uh, Tim. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, you two, listener, for uh, joining us on this other episode of Podcraft. And we'll see you next time where we'll be talking about another great way to grow your podcast to make it successful. Talk to you then. Mm-hmm.